0: The Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and, I, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture. That Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, Why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Raboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked out of fear for the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. (coughs) Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. People of God, as we gather together on this day to celebrate Christ's resurrection from the dead, this glorious and singular historical event by which our God has won for us the final victory over death and sin, for our God was not content to abandon us in sin and death, but sent his son, Jesus Christ, as a human person to live as we did, but without sin And through his sacrifice on the cross to pay the great debt that we owe to God to clothe us in his righteousness and his holiness so that we may stand before the throne of God without fear and without shame as his loved children. Oh, how good God is. The gospel writer here in John chapter 20 gives us Four vignettes with five different characters and their experiences of the risen Lord. Different resurrection encounters. And it's amazing to me that even in the gospel, the forerunners of our faith did not see the encounter with the resurrected Christ as a one-size-fits-all event. But recognized that people encounter Jesus in various ways. The resurrected Christ confronts us all in different ways, coming to us where we are, speaking to us as we are, inviting us to believe, to trust, to put our hope in him. Simon Peter, the rock of Christ, and the beloved disciple, the one Jesus loved, come running to the tomb after hearing the news. The beloved disciple stops outside the tomb, contemplating what is happening, perhaps saying a prayer, wondering, thinking. When he does enter the tomb and looks around him, the still small voice in his heart has already convicted him of the truth. But Peter has never been one to stop and think. He rushes headlong into the tomb, into the open maw of death. He runs right into the darkness, not afraid of the consequences, not afraid of getting dirty, not worried that he might be rendered unclean by approaching a corpse, not worried about what he might see or smell. And there, in the darkness, he sees evidence of Christ's resurrection. Of Christ's power over sin and death, a light shines in this darkness. And Mary, Mary, Mary Magdalene is really where our story begins today because her devotion leads her to the tomb in the early hours of the morning before the sun even rises. And her devotion, her attentive care, her faithful adherence to Christ leads her to see things that others miss. Even as she stands weeping outside the tomb, mourning the absence of her Lord, Jesus speaks her name, Mary. And she is overcome with joy. As she realizes that her Lord is right there with her in the midst of her grief. Her teacher. And the experience makes her the first evangelist. As this former prostitute proclaims the gospel to the disciples of Jesus Christ himself. I have seen the Lord. The majority of the disciples meet Christ in community, as a group, in the assembly of his disciples as they gather together. Jesus appears in their midst where two or three are gathered in his name and speaks words of peace, of promise, and of hope. He sends them out from their assembly into the world with the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of forgiveness, and the mission of reconciliation. And they believe. And finally, Thomas, dear old Thomas, who was not with the disciples when Jesus appeared to them. Thomas initially approaches the claims of the resurrection with doubt. With skepticism. Unless I see. Unless I touch. Unless I hear. Unless I feel. I will not believe. But when he is confronted. With the tangible evidence of Christ's resurrection. When Christ invites him. To touch and feel and see. He falls to his knees. And cries out the greatest confession of all. My Lord and my God. The risen Lord meets us all where we are. He speaks to us as who we are. The risen Lord confronts us in our lives with the powerful claim that He has defeated death and sin. Jesus invites us to participate in the resurrection life that he has won through his victory over sin and death, invites us to participate even now, even as we wait for his coming again to make all things new. And I wonder, people of God, how does Christ confront you this morning? How does Christ confront you? Maybe like the beloved disciple, you come to Christ in contemplation, in patient waiting, in prayer, in silence. Your faith is strongest in those moments when you are able to stop running and take a breath and experience the hope and joy that come with Christ's resurrection. You don't need to see to believe. The act of standing outside the empty tomb, waiting in faith and hope for the coming Messiah, is where you feel Christ most intimately and intuitively. That small voice speaks in your heart, and you believe. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Or maybe like Simon Peter, you run headlong into the darkness, into the dark mouth of the tomb, without fear for what you might find there. You dive in to the valley of the shadow of death, getting your hands dirty, looking for Christ in the places where death ought to reign. In the work of justice and mercy, helping the poor, visiting the sick, you find evidence of Christ's resurrection in places where death is most felt, and you know Christ is risen, He has risen indeed. Maybe like Mary Magdalene, you are persistent in your devotion and faith. You weep when you feel the absence of your Lord until Jesus speaks your name. And you see that he has been beside you this whole time. In your joy and wonder, you grab hold of him and cry out. You learn wondrous things from your heavenly teacher. And the divine experience leaves you no choice but to proclaim the gospel to those you love. To proclaim the gospel of the risen Lord. I have seen the Lord. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Maybe like the majority of the disciples you come to faith in the community of believers, in the assembly of Christ's followers. You hear Christ's voice speaking to you in the rhythms of congregational worship, speaking words of peace, words of hope, words of promise, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see Christ in the proclamation of the mighty acts of God as he shows you anew the scars of his wondrous victory over death and sin. Christ fills you with his Holy Spirit and blesses you to go out into the world refreshed and renewed to proclaim forgiveness and reconciliation to a world lost in darkness. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Or maybe like Thomas. You approach this whole faith thing with a bit more of a scientific mind. A dose of skepticism. Initially doubting. Wanting empirical evidence. Hard proof that the claims of scripture have merit. And when you are confronted with the sheer preponderance of the evidence. You fall on your knees, and your heart cries out in faithful worship and hopeful love, my Lord and my God. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, how good is our God to come to us as we are, to invite us to participate in the resurrection life he has won to the thinker, to the doer, to the preacher, to the worshiper, to the scientist, to come to us all and invite us to die to our sinful nature and to be raised to new life in Christ, to give us life. the evangelist gives us these five different experiences of the resurrection because he knows that all of us come to Christ in a different way. Or I should say, he knows that Christ comes to each of us in a different way. These things are written that you may believe. To know in your mind, to have assurance in your heart that Jesus is the Messiah, the answer to God's promises, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. People of God, hear the good news of the gospel. Our Lord has defeated sin and death. And he meets us where we are. To forgive our sins. To put to death our sinful nature. And to raise us up. To new life in him. Our Lord and our God invites us to participate in the resurrection life already now. Even as we wait for him to come again. Oh, children of God, I will say it again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He, is risen, indeed. Is risen. he is risen indeed. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let us pray together. O <coughs> oh Lord our God, we bless you and praise your holy name. For with your outstretched hand and mighty arm, you have delivered us from our enemies. You have put to death the sinful nature that lives within us. You have raised us up to new life in you. Oh Lord our God, you confront us this very day with the power of your resurrection. We pray that you would give us your Holy Spirit that we may believe And that believing we may live in hope and that living in hope we may proclaim your love and faithfulness to all nations through all generations that our children's children may know that you are good And that you are God. Bless us, O Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. The firstborn from the dead. And the ruler of the kings on earth. Amen.